takes a look at the biggest box office bombs of Hollywood's biggest stars. Janita, Janita Burt. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be right to start it without it. That's, that's a thing now in this podcast. <laughs> the rules of the podcast, the film should be the lowest grossing compared to the budget, not the absolute take of the film. The actor needs to have top billing. It's not an ensemble cast or supporting actor credit. And the film has to be more than three years old to fully understand the ramifications of the failure. The bomb will mostly be by actors, but we might look at directors sometimes. Not in this case, because this week it is Mike Myers and So I Married an Axe Murderer. Quite a film. Yeah, it was decent. Good film. Enjoyed it. Great film. Um, And the logline is a San Francisco poet who fears commitment and suspects his girlfriend may have a knack for killing off her significant others. If you haven't seen the film, I highly recommend you watch it now before we get into a spoilerific review, because it really is good. Yeah, worth a watch. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely benefit from uh, listening to this while watching it back. So the plot is kind of an interesting one. There's a few different streams running through that we'll get to, but uh, yeah. So the plot: Mike Myers is a slam poet. Uh, he makes a living off of his ability to slam his exes for very insincere reasons of their breakup. You know, commitment phobe. Mm. Uh, he comes along, Harriet, one day, uh, butcher. And uh, they hit it off until he starts to realise that uh, people have gone missing around her uh, yeah. track. Sees a, a news report. Yeah. yeah. And there are things that she may not be revealing, mm-hmm. which uh, inevitably causes them to break up before they reconcile, leading to a crazy climax in which we find out who the real killer is. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. It's the sister. Good synopsis. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. After. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, watch this film first. <laughs> uh, so it was released on the 30th of July, 1993. Summer blockbuster time. Mm-hmm. Cost $20 million to make and it grossed $12 million. Mm-hmm. So a 60% gross. 105th in the box office that year, just behind True Romance, which took about £12.5 million. Pounds, another cult classic. But... Uh, didn't exactly take off for Tarantino. Mm-hmm. He was a writer in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So I Married an Axe Murderer, CMAM, as we're going to call it from now on. Quicker. You yeah. could just yeah. say Axe Murderer. <laughs> you could say Axe Murderer as well. CMAM. I'm not too sure about C. CMAM. Just make sure that's across right. CMAM. CMAM. So it was released in 1,355 theatres, finished 14th in its first week, 16th in its second. Um, and it was competing with kind of films not exactly that you could call competitors, especially Jurassic Park, yeah. which was when it came out the highest grossing film of all time. It was also competing against Cliffhanger, In the Line of Fire, and uh, The Last Action Hero. Mm-hmm. So all blockbuster action popcorn movies. Is yeah. The Last Action Hero with, with Arnold Schwarzenegger? It is, isn't is it? it? Yeah. I think so. What a great film. I love that. But yeah, this is summer blockbuster time in yeah. full swing in 1993. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys know why the blockbuster started? Have you an interesting anecdote? When, the, when, they, when they first came about? Yeah. I was just thinking that, you know? Yeah. Um, what, was, so what was the first blockbuster? As far as I know, uh-huh. I'm going to be proven wrong at some point by this, yeah. but apparently Jaws was released in the summertime, and it was the yeah. same year that they got air conditioning uh-huh. in cinemas. That's so people were escaping the heat to go and watch a film yeah. inside, yeah. and that was why the summer blockbuster was born. Ah. Yeah. It just so happened that Jaws I was, yeah, and interesting actually comparison. You have Jaws, that was the highest grossing film of all time when it came out, and then yeah. you had Jurassic Park overtake it. When did Jaws come out? Do you know roundabouts? I want to say nineteen. Was it seventy seven? Seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah, seven mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Oh God, earlier than I thought. Um, it was directed by Thomas Schlamme. Schlamme, Schlam. Slammy pastrami. Slam. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> he he doesn't quite like to be called the pastrami thing at the end. He explicitly asked for that out of his contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> did he make anything else? I don't think he's done lots of shows. More of a TV of director? Yeah, he, he went real TV there. You said he was in the West Wing, did someone say? Um, 
Aaron Sorkin was a writer on the West Wing. Yeah. That's interesting, maybe. So he has done like, look, look at this, look at this. He's done a shitload of, sh of shows, like just certain episodes. Murder in the first one, we're not talking about, but like House of Cards is an episode of that. Um, the Americans that had John Hamm in it, didn't it? God damn, did. <laughs> Let's move on from Thomas Schlamm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> production. I did so much work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Production and distribution by TriStar Pictures again uh -huh. after Windchill last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're building up quite a name for themselves in the per distribution record. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, we don't normally bring in the writers, but it was written by Robbie Fox, which uh, is significant because how much of it was actually written by him is up for debate. We'll come to that in uh, mm -hmm. the collateral damage section. But there's definitely been heavy rewrites from Mike Myers in this film, mm -hmm. as uh, some topics from the Spin article we will touch on later. Uh, top grossing movies that year, Jurassic Park, The Fugitive, The Firm, mm -hmm. Sleepless in Seattle. Big movies. And Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm -hmm. It was a good year for movies. There were other Boom. great ones like Groundhog Day, Cool Runnings, uh, Wayne's World 2. Cool yeah. Runnings as well. Yeah, big year for Mike Myers actually, Wayne's World 2 as well. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I mean, the genre of this one was more of a comedy slash romance slash murder mystery. Mm -hmm. I don't think you could pigeonhole into any. I wouldn't call it a rom-com, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. No. But, uh, I mean... The the comedies that we were saying that was competing with were Groundhog Day, Cool Runnings, Wayne's World Two. There was uh, Mrs. Doubtfire and Home Alone Two. Um, actually, for Wayne's World Two, it was an interesting year for Myers. Uh, Wayne's World Two did not do anywhere near as well as Wayne's World One. It made one hundred and twenty percent of its budget, so it mm -hmm. was it washed its face, so to speak. But in absolute terms, I think Mike Myers' films that year, nineteen ninety three, cost sixty million to make and made sixty million dollars. So, um, yeah, not a good year for Mikey. No, it wasn't. No. Um, that was only, these were only his second, third films as well, mm -hmm. after Saturday Night Live. Um, and that's where we get to with the actor's clout at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike had been on SNL since 1989. He found success with Wayne Campbell on SNL, mm -hmm. which was then backed by Lord Michaels to be a movie. And that's what really catapulted him into the movie sphere. And uh, as we can kind of see, gave him a bit more sway in CMAM. Did I stop saying C-Man? No <laughs> more C-Man. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sound fine in a while. Uh, but yeah, C-Man was his second movie. <laughs> sandwiched between Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. Um, four uh -huh. years before Austin Powers. Yeah. yeah. Classic. So, uh, do we know any more about his clout at the time? Well, Wayne's World, hugely successful. Yeah. Yeah, big, like, like 183 million. Yeah, that's sick. That's, that's, yeah, like you said, that's why he had so much sway to kind of yeah, like yeah, do whatever yeah, the hell he wanted a low budget as well uh -huh. i'm guessing presumably yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah there's an interesting thing about snl characters or snl actors getting their first movies are all kind of cult iconic uh -huh. in some way or another. not all of them but uh the ones that kind of kick off are always like billy madison i think was adam sandler's first after snl oh shit yeah. what about yeah. will ferrell's you know, does you know what his, what his, his first would have been anchorman yeah oh was that his first film after after SNL, I imagine it would have been. That's huge. Um, I think it had like similar. There weren't many SNL actors in it though. Like mm -hmm. this, it wouldn't. It almost isn't an SNL film because. Yeah. I suppose like, I mean I know with uh, Soy Margaret Axmurder there were a few SNL stars. Mm -hmm. Same with um. Same with Billy Madison. You had Norm Michaels in there. Norm Macdonald. Mm -hmm. You had Norm Macdonald in there. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Stupid. But. Yeah, I mean, he was really kind of projected to take off after this because mm -hmm. it's not every SNL film that is a success, and that was a big one. And it was in a great demographic for them, mm -hmm. the yeah, younger sure. teenagers, early 20s. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so where did the money go from that point? I don't think I can put down a clean place where the money went. I, I think, are we counting the money from like, from the very very beginning because there were so many rewrites with that script yeah and bringing new people on board like recasting the main actor that many times that's a good sure question. surely that would have cost a yeah, lot i mean it, it went through this in two different studios to start mm -hmm. off life in columbia yeah uh before it went to tristar mm -hmm. i think it was tristar it ended up in it was a mm -hmm. bigger company that yeah. distributed it yeah um yeah so it started in columbia and that's where the first rewrites happens and yeah that was a few years. He was there. He was on the books. He was mm -hmm. getting salary. Yeah, a salary position for and sure. He was encouraged, encouraged mm -hmm. to move on. Mm -hmm. 
just the script wasn't going anywhere. Just as a note, this script was first written in 1988, and then the movie wasn't. 1983, right? Yeah, 1993. Yeah, so, planning. I guess five years of five years planning. Yeah. You know, paying this guy and then getting different people in. So, oh, yeah, so I'd say consider one of because in terms of the film, like. I don't think the film would have cost that much to create. The script went through 15 drafts. Nuts. Yeah. Um, including Conan O'Brien, who was one. And yeah. Carrie Fisher. Another. Carrie Fisher? Yeah. But does she, does she write? Uh, apparently. Well, you know, nothing published yet. <laughs> she's a, She had a few books, uh-huh. actually. But yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how she actually writes. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, where else could the money have gone? A flight scene. Flight scene. Flight scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that could have been something. You know, they have um, there's a like a fake airplane in Hollywood where they shoot all the all airplane scenes. You just yeah. took it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got a three to five. So yeah, <laughs> it's almost like a party bus or something. Like they yeah, have the turbulence, and you can like reenact it. It's like where Bridesmaids was shot and stays uh-huh. on the plane. Ah. And all of these films, they just go inside there, and yeah, it's just like a reconstructed plane. I can't. Literally can't think of any other flights in this film. No. Yeah, and Mike Myers probably wasn't earning a lot of money. No, not not twenty million dollars. That was twenty million dollars. I'm guessing nominal. Uh huh. I would guess nominal. I would. Do, I wonder what that is today. Yes, yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> all the nominals. Nominals. <laughs> all right, for anyone dumb enough to not know what nominals. <laughs> um, three nominals. <laughs> three nominals. Yes. <laughs> not, rather, not like the normal two nominals that you get. It's, it was just nominal. Um, <laughs> It was. It, I think that's twenty million dollars in nineteen ninety three prices. Uh-huh. So ah, okay. when you adjust for inflation, uh, about two percent per year, uh-huh. times not point not two times twenty five. Of, of course. The, yeah. Increasing incrementally. This is for all our listeners that are so smart. All these <laughs> listeners that are listening for the economic side of this podcast, which I'm sure you must be. I don't know why else you would. So um, obviously, times not point two is four <laughs> nominals. I don't have the numbers here. Nominal terms. It's twenty million dollars. Mm. Obviously, obviously, yeah, nominal. <laughs> and when you adjust for inflation and bring it forward, that means it comes up, guys. By <laughs> twenty-seven years, it's thirty-five point seven million dollars oh. in today's prices. So, uh, mm-hmm. summary: nominal back then money. Back, back then, then money. <laughs> no money. Back then no money. Why I order? <laughs> back in my day. More, <laughs> Okay, so yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, so it's twenty million dollars. So thirty-five million dollars. You're talking about scenes mm-hmm. like it's rewrites, and sure. uh, distribution and reshoots as well. Went through heavy reshoots. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they weren't happy with it. Uh, apparently, they were saying oh, that was all the norm. I'm not sure if that is the norm even still. There mm-hmm. was a 1993 context of an article they said reshoots were part yeah. and parcel. Okay, okay. The rule, not the exception, uh-huh. as TriStar Picture says in their briefing. Um, and economic conditions for Wyfield? Slight recession. Yeah. 1993, early 90s. There was a recession in the 90s. There was one in the UK, I think, whenever John Major came in. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, inequality went down. But I think it's more of a microeconomic yeah. idea. There's really consumer demand. It was competing with Jurassic Park, yeah. right, right, which was the thing. biggest grossing film of all time, mm-hmm. and a lot of other blockbusters. This was a hipster comedy that... I don't know how people must have gone to see Jurassic Park a few times rather yeah. than have yeah. gone back I, I, or something. Like I can't think of any kind of like dark comedies that have that have been massive at the box office. Can you think of any? In Bruges, how did that do? I, I was just thinking of that as well. Yeah, it didn't bomb like this anyway. It seems like this yeah. was an absolute mess of an actual of a film in production. Mm-hmm. But in terms of actually how it finished, yeah, there, there's a there's not a big list of dark comedies. Mm-hmm. Do well, but they are usually great. Yeah, more written. Severance. Have you made a film Severance? No. Yeah, didn't What's that? Well. What happens in it? Uh, it's like a office retreat that turns into just murder. Oh, yeah, brilliant! Totally very creative. Don't know why. Right? Okay, so there's not there's <laughs> so there aren't any successful. Anyway, <laughs> 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 thank you for verifying that. <laughs> um, yeah, the fil- critical reviews at the time, very, very lukewarm. Uh, contemporary uh-huh. reviews, 54% Rotten Tomatoes, 6.4 IMDb. Uh, not a fan favourite, apparently, either. And 2.5 out of 4 on Roger Ebert, mm-hmm. who, which I think is you know, it's not a bad review. It's better uh-huh. than 50%. Um, what were the quotes that he had? 
Was a, a mediocre movie with a good one trapped inside. Wildly submarine. Wildly submarine. I think he's like a hundred percent saying, like talking about the original script. He must be, mm. because it's because that is the good movie at the heart, isn't it? How it was int- intentionally well, created. To well, be what he was arguing uh-huh. was the funny bits were the Scottish American family, uh-huh. and that's what he wanted he to see. He said like, that was he wanted to see oh. a Scottish American family dynamic, uh-huh. and he said the boring stuff was him being in this relationship with a maybe axe murderer yeah. so he actually axe liked murderer. the changes he, he so yeah um oh. so maybe it was too much in service of its original idea uh-huh i mean Interesting. I know, yeah i know like at the time like uh-huh. spin they like to credit spin in this they did a very good article mm-hmm. on uh, the life of the pre-life and post-life of so i married an axe murder mm-hmm. and yeah, they they're kind of in the idea that it's a masterpiece, and it's one of those films that works despite all of the mess ups. Mm-hmm. I know Rogue One was similar. Rogue One went through reshoots. It ended up being yeah one of the most popular Star Wars films of the it really was yeah of the uh, reestablished characters. But mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose uh, just going back to where the money went, uh, so a lot of the famous faces in the film. I don't know how much budget they went, but there's so many yeah. recognizable faces. You have yeah. the mother of um, the mother of. Mike Myers is the pigeon lady in Home Alone 2, mm-hmm. which I blew my mind when someone what? pointed that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Home Alone 2 came out in the same year, so this was like her This is her big year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. She probably could, could walk down the street without being mobbed after these two. <laughs> By pigeons. By pigeons. <laughs> pigeons and Scottish people. One and the same. Scotch, this is friends. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you have Pumpkin from Pulp Fiction, Amanda Plummer, yeah, who yeah, plays Rose, right. the sister, uh-huh. and Vicky, the prison commander, is Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz yeah. in the, the Simpsons. In the Simpsons, and Ted in Jingle All the Way, yeah. an absolute classic, cult classic uh, Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love him. Phil Hartman, sadly, passed too early. Mm-hmm. And you also have Kramer from Seinfeld. You guys, I guess, you haven't seen Seinfeld. Yeah. But oh my god, I could not believe it seeing Kramer. Um, uh-huh. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Yeah. Um, I like him more than Friends. I think it's a better show. Uh-huh. But the it's basically like they got Kramer, his character, to play. Someone it's a guy who said whenever Mike Myers says, "Did was there a wife?" Uh-huh. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, there was a wife." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's Kramer, but he's basically playing <laughs> what the character Kramer uh-huh. if he was cast in a film, how he would play someone. Oh, yeah. So it was great. Nice. They basically yeah. yeah. It was like watching him do something in that. Yeah, it was uh, it was very cool. Mm-hmm. So um, I appreciate all those cameos. Well, that's just one of mm-hmm. a few, or four of a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's where the money went. Maybe they just dogged too, out. Too many cameos. Yeah, yeah, too many. Ca- I mean, but they probably had to get rid of a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still had James doing it you know, a favor by saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So general discussions on the film. What did we think? I really liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was just alright. Yeah. 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 It wasn't great, but it was good. Fantastic yeah. potential and yes. enough to keep me entertained. Yeah. And I'll definitely come back to it. Yeah, yeah I'll watch it again. Yeah, uh-huh. there were so many good things about it. Um, I suppose before we take off, I actually have a few thoughts. Um, in the spirit of Charlie, weirdest, most inexcusable reason for finishing uh, with someone? I think that'll look all, all heads point to him, actually. Who's <laughs> <laughs> referred to you? Uh, I don't know if I can say this. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to listen to this. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> There was this one girl. <laughs> can, I, can I say this? Yeah. Well, uh, she had big hands. She had big hands. Okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> unpack that a little bit. <laughs> attack your masculinity. <laughs> I think so. There must be something in that, guys. <laughs> was she? She. Uh, I've got this thing with like hand holding. When I'm holding hands, I don't want to hold hands with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hold hands with little hands. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the big hands. Very heteronormative yeah. idea of a relationship. I like it. Yes, <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, good, watch out for the hands. Guys. Hands? Is that it? Is that your worst one? Uh, yeah. Okay, that's not bad. That sounds like something Mike Myers would come up with, yeah. or Charlie Charlie McKenzie would come up with. Big hands. Yeah, the big hands. I can't think of any myself. I'm sure if I asked past uh, partners in uh, in my teens, they would have a very very excusable <laughs> reasons for me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I can come to my own. <laughs> um, 
favourite bit has to go to the Scottish family at the start of the film. Yeah. yeah. Mike Myers' oh, dad is brilliant. just peak. I mean, it's a, give it's us a few lines. It's the best Scottish accent. Heed, move! <laughs> <laughs> That's a virtual planetoid. Has its own weather system. <laughs> I just want a few. Boy's head's like Sputnik. Skeletal, <laughs> but quite pointy in yeah. parts. <laughs> Robert yeah, is so right. Like that could be a film. Yeah, like, could that, be, could uh, be, that could be great. <laughs> that character is brilliant. Is that the first time that he played two characters in one in one movie, or has he done that before? Yeah, first time. Uh huh. Um, he had more Wayne's World before that. Yeah, and started the Scottish accent as well. Mm-hmm. And best use of the Scottish accent, in my opinion. Yeah, better than Shrek and better than Fat Bastard. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so good. I don't know. That fat bastard was great. I really. Oh, I watched. I watched the second <laughs> Austin Powers uh-huh. last month, and not as good as I remember. No. No. I mean, I like. I think I like this more. This had a nicer uh-huh. heart to it. Yeah. It was less. Uh, yeah. It was more subtle. Like you, yeah. you believe that man exists. Like yeah. Like, <laughs> you oh, really I've do. seen that man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've seen. It. It's it's kind of like the Scottish comedy still game. Um, it does remind me of like uh, I definitely I suppose like older people maybe visiting my granddad yeah. and like as they were leaving the house he's like. You're, you're visiting ours, done, get out so true. It's like you go and pay your, pay your dues yeah. per week or per bi-weekly and you're, you're, you sit there for like 50 minutes watching the news or something. <laughs> it's like, family done, get out. <laughs> Did either of you to uh-huh. see the bit, do you know when they're leaving at the end uh-huh. and then uh, Charlie's mum hugs Tony and then Kisses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that feels completely improvised and so uh-huh. organic. That it is was so well done. Yeah. It was improvised. It was it was yeah. improvised. Was improvised? Yeah. And then it's so creepy because uh-huh. uh, Charlie, like his best friend's, you know, kissing uh-huh. his mum, and he's just like, "That's fine." That's <laughs> normal. And then she's like, "Oh, you turned into a sexy <laughs> bastard." <laughs> 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 and then Mike's like, "Oh, bye, mum." It's wonderful. It really so feels like she's she's definitely done it before. And yeah. he's, he's so used to it. <laughs> It's so warm. It's just such a warming yeah. atmosphere. You kind of want to stay in that world. Uh-huh. There have been a few films where I've watched that, and you're like, you're just so happy watching a film that you're in their world. And yeah, that was like being inside that Scottish family's house, where he's it. like, yeah. yeah, like drinking his McEwen's lager, which I exists as a drink. Oh, does it? Yeah. Uh-huh. The first thing that came to you. Yeah. Nice it must have been a big yeah. thing in the nineties, McEwen's yeah. lager or something. But like, yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> and that's completely lost on the target demographic, right? Yeah. That goes over to America, yeah. and that's just a beer. But but really behind yeah. that, there's mm-hmm. so much thought behind it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would like to see in a film if uh, they had something like that. I mean, there's also a good use of uh, gender reversal in it, with uh, Mike Myers being the sensitive slam poet. Uh, I know. Falling in love with a I think that butcher. might be my favourite part, you know? Yeah, I was the actual romance bit. Yeah, like, because she, was, she wasn't just, like, this great, brilliant person that you just want to be with. It completely flipped the script on how a woman is viewed. And certainly a movie that I've seen, she's not this damsel in distress. Mm. And even whenever Mike Myers breaks off with her, he's just, she's just like, okay, cool, I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. She, she was awesome. Mm. She was cool. Yeah, absolutely. She, um, yeah, and she had a very hard role because she is playing someone who is, on the one hand, maybe a serial killer, and mm-hmm. on the other hand, a jaded lover. Yeah. Who yeah. has, who's got a husband just inexplicably running away from you her. You say jaded lover? Yeah. I yeah. love that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. You get that, guys? <laughs> Thank you. One more, one more time, Ryan. A jaded lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, she's the simultaneously. Yeah, you're. you're it's so. Yeah, mm. like on the one hand, like every single shot, she has to convey these two emotions. And yeah, true. Uh, it's rewarding, and you can come back and watch it a couple of times. Like uh-huh. I've saw, I saw this movie first when I was eight years old. Uh-huh. My dad showed it to me, and I loved it then. And then I saw it again, like ten years later. Did you still like it? it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's quite popular. I mean, like it's just uh-huh. one of those films that no one got to see. It was re- it had a really good run on mm-hmm. Comedy Central and videos afterwards, but yeah. They must have been introduced to a generation somehow, but it was the mm-hmm. Scottish accent that I think got older people into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the Mrs. Brown's Boys generation, where they yeah. all over that. But they do it right, for God's sake, it's better than Mrs. Brown's Boys. I wouldn't compare to that. But yeah, the fact that she's like doing all these things, and uh-huh. yeah, uh, I don't know, I just, I like that bit a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, the last bit really was uh, the cop superior relationship. Uh-huh. Really self referential, liked it a lot. And uh, yeah, really awesome relationship between uh, the captain and Tony. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. funny when, when when Tony's having a go at him. He's like, you're, "This is not how I imagined being a cop to be. You're, you're just too, you're too nice to me. I thought I was gonna be doing all this so and that, aware, yeah. apprehending yeah. people." 
And um, I love that the captain's like staring off into the distance, like really taking it on board. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Doing really well. I don't remember that when I was younger. Like I think that the self-referential a bit of it. Uh, um, and then whenever he screamed when I was younger and he comes in screaming at him and like pushing him against the wall, I didn't really understand what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was just so, it was so good. Um, was it too much with the ethnic slurs? <laughs> I feel like I went too much at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, yeah. I've got a real naked gun uh, vibe from for sure, yeah, for sure. The silliness, and, uh, yeah, great. It was, it was like I suppose we talked about uh, it's always sunny last week, but Charlie uh-huh. does a kind of an episode about that, like being Serpico, really calling up using like I definitely recognize that, yeah. Or he c- calls the whole town corrupt and he's dressing up like as uh, Al Pacino, going, This whole town's corrupt, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like trying to find out some corruption that's happening in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, lots of good parts, but I suppose the problem as we move into the bad, uh-huh. is that they never really synced up. And Roger Ebert kind of has a point that uh-huh. there were a lot of different villains in there. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, you have the murder mystery romance, the dysfunctional Scottish-American uh-huh. family, and the parody detective relationship, which any of them, if they were from their point of view, with the little bits in, would have uh-huh. made a bit more sense or would have worked a bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Tony bit was funny, but was it necessary? No. No. It was great, great value, yeah, yeah. but it felt a bit strange to go away from him as this like Tony is this guy who wants to have an exciting life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, they do touch on it, like he's dressed up as a pimp at the start in the. Yeah, but does so but does it detract from the original film? Even, even though it's it's not like I don't think it's I think the film's worst about it mm-hmm. for sure. But it's a mess with it. They just yeah. didn't stitch yeah. it together very well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut the cut the edges because I suppose it's a Batman. Yeah. Film. Other problems with it, uh, plot holes. See, especially when they're at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Would no one have mentioned to Mike Myers how this was like her fifth, sixth wedding? It's a recurring mm-hmm. theme. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless Harriet didn't have any guests at her weddings anymore at this point, mm-hmm. and why was she so ready to get married every time? Yeah, <laughs> you think after five or six, if if we are to believe her story, uh-huh. that uh, her sister's been killing everyone, which still skeptical. We'll come to that in the sequel, but uh, yeah, I, that's one plot hole. But I mean, that's. It's, it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I get away with that. Um, I need more involvement from the dad, of course. Yeah, yeah. From Charlie's dad. That's no Everything surprise. Is golden. Yeah, uh, lots of montage in the film, which is always a bit lazy. A lot of establishing shots that don't, you know, mm-hmm. if you've like ever seen a analysis of what's his name, uh, Edgar Wright films. Yeah. The way he like plays with taking you from one location to another, uh-huh. and it's uh, the complete uh, antithesis of just doing an establishing shot of the San Francisco Bridge, yeah, with music in the background. Mm-hmm. But those are small things, really, for what you know, I, 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 an overall good movie. But the problems were more structural, yeah, than anything else. Yeah. Uh, other contentions I have: what is Charlie's job? <laughs> yeah, this guy, this guy. <laughs> just turns up at it. I wish I could do this as well. You know, you see the woman that you fancy and then you walk into your work and you're like, oh, need some help. you need some help. <laughs> I'll also be butcher. I, I am also butcher. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jack of all trades. Yeah. This is this is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. He just goes around offering odd services to people for money. At, at the same time, I don't necessarily need him to have called up his boss and said, look, I need some time off. <laughs> <laughs> but give me a little bit. <laughs> Hi, Frank. Can I get a... Uh, Days I know I have Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel my life's going to be interesting <laughs> in the next few days. 20 days only? Is that how annual leave works? <laughs> Use them all, you say. It's only January. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Goodbye. He has to go back to his slam poetry contracted job. You can't get much money from slam poetry. Slam poetry, uh-huh. 9 to 5. Yeah. San Francisco's like the least plausible place to have this as a job as well. It's like yeah, the most yeah, expensive yeah. place in the mm-hmm. world. Maybe less so in New Mexico. Could, can we, I know it is like a, a 90s comedy film, can we forgive it? I didn't think, I don't think so. You know, I honestly questioned that many times. I, at one stage of the film, I thought he was a detec- detective. I wasn't too sure <laughs> Yeah. what, what he was doing. I was like, is slam poetry like a, like a side gig? Are you also de- a detective as well? And you're saying, had it been all tied up nicely, like a career and a job or whatever. Then I'd be more happy, yeah. Yeah, the film would be great then. <laughs> yeah. You know? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wee bit annoying. Though. Why is this guy always? What can he, aff- what can he afford? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. What did Scotch parents do together over a winter? Mm-hmm. Visas easy? Oh, yeah, pretty easy. Yeah. 
It's hard to get jolly ranch. I want the details. Yeah, I want the details. Mike, if you're listening, <laughs> where are the details? Come on, and where are the deets? Uh, you might not want to listen to this next, but Mike, we're going into the categories, and it is collateral damage. Um, all right, we have quite a lot of nominees for collateral damage because I don't recognize many faces at all uh-huh. in this film beyond the nineties, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. apart from Alan Arkin. I think he won an Oscar uh-huh. in uh, the two thousands for Little Miss Sunshine. Mm. Oh, I think. Yeah, I think he was great. That was but, great. Uh, yeah, our first nominee, and this is where we're really going to dive deep, is uh, Robin Fox, the writer. Yeah. Because I know you, Angelo, have your thoughts on the writing process. Uh-huh. Um, it sounds like the worst gig in the world, as we've yeah. established for Robbie Fox. It took five years to make. Yeah. Mm. Um, he didn't write again. He wrote one film after this, but he was probably writing it concurrently uh-huh. with uh, So I Married the Max Murderer. But yeah. he didn't write again for 14 years, or at least he's not credited to have written for 14 years. He may have helped with things, but his he wasn't on anything for uh, that amount of time. Uh, and he did an interview with the LA Times, which is really helpful because it came out uh-huh. the interview seven months before its release. Yeah. So it was super contemporary and super uh-huh. relevant at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was lambasting everything that his version was very different. And uh, Mike very Myers different. was coming, came in and rewrote it, mm-hmm. and then was asking for writing credits. The act, the Writers Guild of America, yeah. sided with him. It went mm-hmm. to court. Uh, all these uh, tribunal, mm-hmm. all these things. It was a really, really messy thing. And Mike Myers was like ringing him up, asking, "Do you not think it's kind of shitty that I've rewritten this film and you're not giving me credit?" Mm-hmm. He said, "No, nah, it's the least shitty thing that's happened, or like the this is the least injustice that's happened on this film to yeah. date." <laughs> and he said all this in an interview with the LA Times at mm-hmm. that point. Um, so interesting, but like, it, I mean, you do have to understand. He initially wrote this as a film about a Jewish New Yorker with a lot of Jewish angst, and it was yeah. meant to be like a kind of Jewish stick movie, like ah, I'm married an axe murderer. Yeah, yeah, like take that my wife. Like classic <laughs> Woody Allen neuroticism. Yeah, where he's kind of afraid of everything. Mm. And yeah. Mike Myers completely Mike Myers it. Mike, he did. Yeah, Mike Myers. He wanted to be like a. Yeah. Hello. 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 But yeah, I mean, the script went through 15 drafts, so we can't mm. really blame Mike Myers that much, can we? He was the most successful one in redrafting yeah. it. He was the one who got over the line, mm-hmm. but like. So many. It was actually called Fatal Attraction, in one of its versions, before Fatal Attraction starring Glenn Close came out. Mm. Yeah, they had to rename it after Glenn Close. Yeah, (laughs) just sounds like a cursed film. (laughs) It is cursed in so many respects. It was initially titled The Man Who Cried Wife, which is a very kind of Nolan on the nose. All it does sound like a kind of it sounds like a Woody Allen movie, and he was lined up to star in it. I think rather than direct it, which Mm -hmm. it does seem like it was Annie Hall. With murder, I think, or Vanning was the murder, yeah, which is what the writer mm-hmm. wrote. Um, I mean, he also had Chevy Chase, Woody Allen, Gary Shandling. But yeah, it's like what do you think Chevy Chase would have been like? Oh, Chevy, I don't think he would have fit it at all. No, he's not the same archetypal person. Gary Shandling and uh-huh. Woody Allen are more down that line of For that, sure, yeah. you know, that kind of character who's a bit mm-hmm. insecure and neurotic, but he's, mm-hmm. you know, is willing to accept their wife's murder and I'd kind of move on with it. I'd read that. Rob Frag got so far with you know the producer, yeah. Um, that he actually left production at one stage, with yeah, because of he wanted Gary Shandling in. Yeah, Robbie Fox and uh-huh. uh, Fry's were in this together from like the start. They yeah. moved studios Bodies. together effectively mm-hmm. to make this film, yeah. and then Mike Myers seemed to tear it apart. <laughs> 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 so, uh, objectively speaking, <laughs> I'm saying this is someone who prefers this version uh-huh. rather than yeah, like a course. thriller that's a comedy, but. Yeah, it completely ruined his career or his outlook. Anyway, it's so demoralizing. Like you're, exactly. You're living your dream. Like, yeah. like spending so much time writing this, and then It'll someone just taking that People idea. Love this. And then be like, I really, really like that. Now, let's just go back to the start. <laughs> <laughs> Scrap all that shit, yeah. <laughs> and completely change it, and just have to go with it because no one else is going to make it if you don't. Yeah, it's really interesting when you think about like Awful. you do a job that you don't like, and you imagine mm-hmm. like being a writer or something is this idealistic job. Yeah, but it's just so much tedium for this guy anyway sure. in particular people pleasing makes you wonder how many films have been like that and how yeah. many films have gone down that roadway mm-hmm. yeah anyway this is depressing <laughs> <laughs> second nominee Sorry, Nancy <laughs> anyone else any other nominees for collateral damage Heat what about Matt, Matt Doherty <laughs> the <Watch> Heat <laughs> but he is just poor little guy was defined by this this is good two minutes of yeah, <laughs> this comes back to our Hitler conversation with Little uh-huh. Nicky in the first week. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. he was defined as heat. He's <laughs> just heat. What if you don't know I was heat? He had such a big head as well. He did. It was uh, voluminous. It was like an orange on a, an orange on a toothpick. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, did he do anything else after this? Yeah, not really. Not that well, really. Really One or two shows. He doesn't do anything else until he's big, which also is like the same kind of role that you don't see. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in the Mighty Ducks before this. Was he? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, and then this. I guess he was a goalie. Some big keys to some big keys to some on the Buckman God, he's a big dog. Oh, that could have been good. That could have been something. That's Scottish. That was hilarious. Yeah. Crying himself to sleep on his wee pillow. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, what a, what a role to have. And uh, I mean, I'm sure he grew it in his head because <laughs> it was big. It was almost like a receding hairline, but it wasn't receded. Yeah. It was just very high. There uh-huh. was lots of things. Yeah, they, it was a caricature, but good for him. Yeah. Um, other ramifications. Uh, do this. Do these kind of keep getting made? Uh, though I can't really think of it's these types of movies. It's very niche, isn't it? It's a, yeah, it's there's thing. not many movies like it. Yeah. Um, like In Bruges, I suppose, is something similar, maybe. like yeah, Just a dark comedy, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But it, for me, it kind of made me think about Mike Myers in a different way, reading about all the yeah. excerpts of this. It took him 14 hours to do the woman uh-huh. poem. Someone who was playing a role in the cafe can do that in her sleep. <laughs> Just horrible. Wish that on anyone. If there were a lot of differences in, in, yeah. in how things were being shot, then surely this would have been what took up most of the budget. Yeah. If we're having to, you shoot the way that you want to shoot, that everybody else wants to shoot, the way that you plan to, and then you shoot the way that Mike wants to shoot. Yeah. And 14 hours of shooting. The time. Yeah. 14 hours on a actual you know, poem mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. was not on the schedule. Yeah. yeah. So that's definitely. And everybody's still getting paid on the clock yeah. at that yeah. time as well, you know. Yeah. You would hope so, anyway. I guess another ramification is he didn't really do another Mike Myers character again. He yeah. became these Lloyd characters. He retreated into the character. Yeah, this is a good point. Yeah, um, real shame though because I actually yeah. really liked him yeah, being this character. It's you got a, a sense insecure. of what his actual humor Person. was. Yeah, and it, a lot of his personality through the film. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's not bad. And but then he just retreats into yeah. Austin Powers and Shrek. And that's it. He doesn't. Bastard. He doesn't really yeah. do stand up either, does he? No, he doesn't no. do stand up. Not, you don't really get to see who Mike Myers is. Mm. He did one other film, I think it's called Fifty Four. Uh-huh. I don't know anything about it. Mm. Not, not where he is himself, and it's not comedic at all. No, that's a good point. That'd be interesting. He kind of regretted it into himself after the Love Guru, which uh, deservedly so. <laughs> <laughs> get um, Get away. In terms of the rebounds, he didn't make another movie for four years. It was a bad year, as we've uh-huh. established. He just broke even and on his films that year which mm-hmm. is not what you need you need to have some profit to mm-hmm. pay for other things like you don't really take into account other problems like distribution I think in terms yeah. in advertising whenever you make a movie so yeah you must have been he went back to SNL for a couple of years licked his wounds apparently presumably <laughs> yeah, and then problem. yeah just kind of kept that and waited until the time was right to make Austin Powers mm-hmm. yeah which is his own contention. Apparently, he stole the Doctor Evil voice from David Carvey on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Doctor Evil is uh, an impression of Lorne Michaels, who is in charge of Saturday Night Live. Um, yeah, it was like a, their impression of him, and he uh, he stole David Carvey's and used it himself, and then used it as Doctor Evil. So that caused a bit of a fallout between David Carvey and Mike mm-hmm. Myers. You see all his inspiration and in all these things for everything he's done. It's yeah. it's really obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, interesting. He writes about a thief in his slam poetry. He yeah, was a thief. thief. You got a bully. Who yeah. <laughs> is the real thief, Mike? This is is this slander? This <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is just this is a straight attack. <laughs> how, how are we legally here? <laughs> re- re- redacted. <laughs> Their words, not mine. We're not a thief. Alleged thief. She was an alleged thief. Uh, and as we've said, the Scottish accent did survive as well. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but better use than in Yogurt and in Fat Bastard, in Absolute, my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I am uh, Right. On the de-aging category, would this uh, would this be made today? I think so, you know. Yeah, I think it would be much more successful today as well. Yeah. It yeah. would find its niche faster um, because media will, you know. Yeah. Um, and maybe do well as like a straight-to-Netflix film. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And this is... Better than most most comedies they found on Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it'll do quite very well on the stream. stream it's a bit niche, and it's kind of it's uh-huh. still it's very in vogue with what we just watch now on Netflix, uh-huh. like the murder yeah. mysteries and like Free Willy. So like that, I haven't seen it, but it's um the whole idea of like a dark comedy, a bit sardonic, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know yeah, the antihero. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it wouldn't have had to compete with all those big dogs in '93, yep. and it didn't need to happen as well. Yeah. 
like you said, which is what makes Ian's world change that year, and it would have been something different. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was it would have been weird, I think. Yeah. And again, can you imagine Rob Fox waiting another twenty years <laughs> <laughs> to get his baby? Let's <laughs> give him a cut him some slack. <laughs> We're at the thirty three year anniversary now of him starting to write the script. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him. <laughs> hey. Sure, another f- ten years here or there. Uh, and aligned to the de-aging, the Nuka Wars. Anything that made you cringe that wouldn't happen today? That butcher scene was gross. What, with the meat? Yeah, that's gross. It grossed you out? That grossed me out. As a vegan? Yeah, no, Johnny's a vegan, Not even from a way. vegan perspective, that was just But yet you're the only vegan here and it comes from a vegan perspective. No, but I know... Uh, we're respectful of all churches. Ch- here. Churches. Uh, churches, <laughs> all, we're a broad church, is what I meant to say. <laughs> no, it, it is just gross and... It, Oh, I don't know. M- maybe it is, but the lamb head was um, jarring. Yeah, it was jarring. Least. Yeah, I, I really like the sausage scene though. When she was like, like the they sausage, could've, they could've she was looking at him suggestively, like. But know, the next scene, he kind of just goes. His reaction shot is wrong. Yeah, it's not right. It's yeah. he's, he just he turns around and there's a uh, a cow there. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah, it should have yeah. been he. It's just being he was yeah. and he yeah. was like, "Whoa, excuse me." Yeah, that was—I'd yeah. say it was problematic editing because yeah. when you're directing her uh, lining sausages, mm-hmm. what, what does the dad ask her? Way. What, what's do you link your own sausages? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. all is very suggestive. They should have played that a bit more, maybe. In fact, maybe they shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere between they should and shouldn't have. Maybe less dick jokes actually is always better. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think it was very heavy on the butcher scene. Yeah, um, and it was uh-huh. prolonged. It went on for ages. Yeah. I, I feel like it could have been much shorter. The direction of it, the, the I really, lo- I really like watching her be be a butcher. We're establishing her as like being a butcher herself mm-hmm. as well, and a murderer. So yeah, yeah. It's that question. Like it, the film is so I married an axe murderer. Yeah. So the you're on the premise that she done she done it. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially whenever you find out that the person who handed themselves in also. Admitted to the murders of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. I like that. And the murder of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember who else. Um, my only one, I don't know, we're going to have a little chat about this, but the outfit she wears on her honeymoon, the Chinese appropriate. Is it appropriation? No, I, no? I really I just don't back this appropriation thing. No. When is it respectful and when is it appropriation? I see, I don't know. I mean, it, it just, why. Why, yeah, that, this question, I don't yeah. know. Uh-huh. So, so I don't we know want just the culturally homogenous societies who can only... Ex- exactly. If you're Chinese, you can wear a Chinese dress. If, if, you're, if you're black, then you can only wear a black head wrap or something. You know, Does the context it's matter? It's where, she, like, where they wear in a kind of... Okay, fix the context. and then what, what do They're you in what, a very white... Uh, like yeah, middle class, yeah, nice restaurant. In somewhere off San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, this is my this is my only question. Like, this is me really searching for things that were yeah. new. Yeah. It's not like little Nicky. Yeah, th- it speaks to how the work really works yeah. a lot. Yeah. No, it's not like little Nicky where it was super yeah. um, transphobic so and homophobic. Yeah, yeah, horrible. Yeah. And when she looked at that creepy dude that we were dating. <laughs> yeah. This is just her wearing an outfit that could be yeah. misconstrued. I, that, what my question would people wear it today? Absolutely, I see a lot of people. You see movies. I mean, with in movies, do you see people wearing it today without I do not. commenting on it? I, I, I think they like it's avoided because they don't want to draw yeah. any flack at yeah. all. It's just like we could, we couldn't. Let's not. But I think I think you, you definitely should. I think. But why, why was it there? Why did why did why was she wearing an outfit dress? You know. Yeah, I wonder what was the thing behind it. But because I knew her, I'm glad one of her husbands was a uh, martial uh-huh. arts dude. Uh huh. Maybe. True. Is yeah. that it? Could have been. It was a Russian dude. Yeah. Oh, here we have it. Oh a, shit. We have a Guardian article. Is that you assuming that her husband was Chinese because he did martial arts? No. <laughs> you, you just said. You just said, and then he said it was Russian. No. No, but but perhaps the they were paying homage to the culture and more. <laughs> is, is kung fu kung a cultural <laughs> appropriation? <laughs> um, I don't even know what I've been. <laughs> gotcha. But I've been. Okay, well, here's a Guardian article from someone called Anna Chan who said mm-hmm. an American wearing uh, an American woman wearing a Chinese dress is not cultural appropriation, and that's the mm-hmm. Guardian, folks. Uh, okay, Must he's be closed. True. Put the slip. Yeah. Um, although Huff Post, on the other hand, uh, here's what you get wrong when you culturally appropriate Asian fashion. It's time we put more thought into borrowing fashion and accessories from Asian communities. Everything's by borrowed, though. Brittany Wong. 
everything should be boring. Well, we'll we'll leave that as an agree to not know. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I'm not even you disagreeing with you because I just don't know. Don't know. I have not thought about this enough. I should not <laughs> have put the Chinese outfit into the category because I should not have the bulk to <laughs> I'm sorry. You just mentioned it and went drop <laughs> discuss in the toilet. Okay. Uh, carry on the controversy into the Bechdel bounce. This is the category where we swap the main roles of the main characters uh-huh. and to see if it would change the movie, make it better. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, not in the traditional sense. I don't mm-hmm. think it's. I think it already works quite well subversively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, you have the sense of poet who's yeah. the man and the butcher who's the woman. And like a, a typical role reversal, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't. I don't really play with it that much. But beyond mm-hmm. that, uh, but as you said, uh, uh-huh. she's able to. Kind of, she's a strong, independent woman. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's he, able to get with the sense as well. The, the fact that she's stuff. left by so many partners, so many uh-huh. jaded lovers, uh-huh. trademark, um, and they come back again and again, and she's just fine to keep going out there and not be insecure, really. Like, there's an insecurity, but yeah. it's not really let down. Mm-hmm. Um, my only thought was maybe they could film it from Harriet's point of view, hmm? perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody around her dying, or just film it from her point of view and then you, you could still have it as a mystery of like is her does she have an obsession because she's been jaded or because she's a murderer yeah. and you could yeah. leave it like in that kind of maybe have her internal monologue yeah maybe yeah because that would be really difficult yeah mm-hmm. approaching a new partner every time and trying yeah that would be so yeah and yeah. you have this like Possibly. idiot who's a, a scat a st- uh, slam poet yeah. why do they die I'm starting to cry <laughs> <laughs> why do they die <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that, w- that would have been nice. Um, but that would be more of a thriller, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A bit like Gone Girl or something. Yeah. But I think it would have been good to have a bit more mystery around Mike Myers, maybe, and like, uh-huh. you know, bad cop friend yeah. and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, and maybe he's the only thing that takes her down. But mm-hmm. that's the only thing I could think of. I think it was generally, didn't have any problems with this film in any real political way or no. morally. I thought it was spot yeah. on, pretty much. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anything else from Bechdel? Yeah, no, I uh, agree. I, I think you're right. I think the theme wouldn't have been... You couldn't have had the same theme for gender role reversal for the protagonist. Yeah. It wouldn't have been the confidence, in, which is probably would have been a thriller. Like you say, like Gone Girl. Mm. It would it would have mm. been Gone Girl. Yeah. A less serious version of Gone Girl. All right, misdirection category. Let's get a new director to save this mess. Uh-huh. Though not actually a mess. Yeah. Um, someone who could come in with their ideas or their past experience that can maybe make it a bit better. Uh, the... Our director didn't do anything groundbreaking. We found a few technical issues just by talking about Thomas Schlamme, Pastrami. Uh-huh. And maybe if someone with a bit more clout or a bit more heft or something yeah. just to bring it through. I don't know if Mike Myers has directed before, but yeah. anyone else? I had John Favreau. Yeah, could be good. I think so. Seems a bit up the street. So uh-huh. A bit off the wall. Chef maybe is a bit similar in terms of... Like swingers? Yeah. Like that kind of vibe? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Woody Allen is my other nominee, obviously, because Absolutely. he was lined up to star in it. Yeah. Maybe just having directed it. But then again, as we say, you're kind of moving back towards that. That. The more, well, it would have to be a different character. It couldn't be mm. Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. It would probably have to be Woody Allen. Yeah. But that's the problem. We're going back to the Robbie Fox dilemma. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, those, those are my two. Yeah. Well. I have nothing. I'd agree with Woody. And then also go Noah Bambach, who directed Francis Ha, Mr. Samaraga. Marriage um, Story. Yeah, marriage story, Squid the Whale, like that kind of vibe would be sick. Yeah. Also with like maybe Wes Anderson as a producer, but then because of Francis Ha, I would say Gre- Francis Ha, Greta Gerwig, where she's Greta in Gerwig. it and she's just like you know that kind yeah. of fast, short humor, like very short dialogue with a little bit of information. Yeah. Move on, I think that would be. They yeah. both good stuff. But then it's again, Mike Myers actually worked with a lot of female uh-huh. directors, which is uncommon. Um, uh-huh. Wayne's World was a female director oh, was and so was Cat and Rat although they both go on record saying it was difficult to work with so <laughs> 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 maybe he should know <laughs> I, I wonder if this is common with all all kind of like of the biggest biggest stars yeah are they just hard to work with because they have more demand is there anyone that we know that's a big star that was good to work with was good to, yeah I don't know um, apparently Will Ferrell was good to work with very good apparently I've read the story. It's on Quora, so I don't know. It's like very much. There's yeah. not like a, as a researcher, you wouldn't take it as gospel. 
And apparently he's just very quiet and very relaxed. So it's like, it's like oh yeah, and whenever they say action, uh-huh. he just he turns it on. He blows it off. That's oh, awesome. real. Yeah, nice guy. It was I watched some hot ones cool. as well. On um, have you seen? Do you watch hot ones? The chicken wing show where they eat spicy chicken oh, wings. Yes. Yeah, oh, um, he yeah, was on it, and yeah. um, someone commented saying that uh-huh. he was the first one they'd seen in a long time say thank you when someone brought in a napkin for him. Oh, <laughs> which is just crazy. little things you can like spot like yeah. that. <laughs> so I'd say he would be quite nice to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest asshole. Who's uh, is this slander again? Can we say <laughs> the biggest asshole looks like to work with? Well, I've heard Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, I'd say Mark Wahlberg would suck to work for. Yeah, he'd be very intense. Uh-huh. Yeah, he seems like he sucks. And just because of that it's video with Christian Bale, you know, in character going nuts. Oh, yeah. Do I your fucking job. Do your job. <laughs> what don't you understand? <laughs> the Welsh guy with that, like, <laughs> <laughs> Do the fucking set. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, well, let's not incriminate ourselves anymore. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> just cut in, allegedly. <laughs> and, okay. On to the last category, it's the fun one, Second Chance. We're going to think of a movie sequel idea, and it turns out that this section is now going to be the fun bit, yeah. the quirky bit, the mm-hmm. bit that kind of references back and is a bit self-referential to the movie. Yeah. Yep. And we play with it. So last week we did samurais that were a bit random. This one actually makes sense. We're going to slam pull <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? It came from nowhere. I was doing it in class, and this could be fun. doesn't make any sense. doesn't need to go that didn't put you off it. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. Um, and we're going to go in with a slam poem of our choice to describe the plot. Bit off the wall, yeah. A bit different, great. Um, like it. Hopefully, it's going to. We don't have any music right now, but I'm going to hopefully mix it in well. So if you hear good music, mm-hmm. thank me. <laughs> if not, come on, future Ryan. Should we come on, future Ryan for the editing? A background track? Or no, I think that would make it worse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or would it make it better? I don't know. <laughs> No, what do we think? I don't trust my musical talent. No, they're too yeah. this in any respect. I also worry that we'll laugh halfway through or something. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm offbeat. I'll find it. I'll find something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or it'll, it'll be a cappella. Yeah. Because right. that's what slam poetry is anyway, mm-hmm. normally. I think we should do worst one first. Worst first? Okay. Well, that's subjective, but shall we go? <laughs> <laughs> the self deprecating man in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Just in your own time, I'm doing it with the enthusiasm that Mike oh. Myers does it with. I'm not special. <laughs> <laughs> you need some back. Worst is first. <laughs> so one of the murdered husbands was a Russian martial arts instructor. Uh-huh. Okay, you need to know that for this to make any sense. Okay. Uh-huh. You also need to know her sister was called Rose. Yep. And was the murderer. Okay. Well, ma'am. Well. I am a ninja man, Russia, Ruski, chop, strike, hack, cut, me some slack, rice, <laughs> glares across the fruit bowl, pears, <laughs> no apples, <laughs> Harriet, why does she stare, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's going to be very hard to mix in the music. Oh. Make, make it work, Ryan. Good god, that was great. Oh. So explain what's the concept of this. Oh. So he's well, obviously, he's a ninja man. Obviously. Russian. A ninja man, Russian. Uh, refers to his career. He's <laughs> chop, strike, hack. You know, what you do in martial arts. <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah when you're a ninja. It's on the man of pick, um, yes. Cut me some slack, Rose. Because Rose has been, she's been a bit... Yeah, she has. Tense lately. Yeah. yeah. Much like with Mike. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's mm-hmm. been a bit bit much. Yep. And he's just looking at the fruit bowl. And he catches the glare. Mm-hmm. And then he notices, oh, there's pears. No apples. Uh, it's, it's back to the story. <laughs> Wait, well, why are the apples and pears? I know. Um, <laughs> is it like a apples and pears stairs? Because it's, it's Did she push him down the stairs? It's like the fractious nature of our consciousness, I think. Um, <laughs> That's Nietzsche. <laughs> because he notices the glare, and then, you know, he notices the pear. He notices the pears. I feel, like you, I feel like you started stairs and then worked backwards and found something that rhymed. That's the truth. That's, that's the real bananas, reason. Bananas, apples, pears. But also the fractious nature. <laughs> 
you just knew you were, let's not forget that bit's the important bit. And then, oh God. Harriet to his wife, why does she stare? Because she's going to kill you. Ah. Okay. Boom. Okay. Great. I, I like that. That went well. That was not the worst. You're fine. Okay. You're better than I. <laughs> Angela. So, he's just as cynical as always, as he is in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he starts creating problems that are never really there. He wants to leave her. And she suspects him of leaving and cheating. So she starts trying to pull him close, which, you know, makes him drift mm-hmm. further away. Commitment phobe. Yes. And he goes to the slam poetry club, the, uh-huh. the Jack Kerouac. Yep. And he says, she has big hands. No, no, no. Woman. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. She is a clot. She's driving me nuts. I'm circling close to the bend. When will this misery end? Marriage. <laughs> she won't let me breathe. I'm wanting to leave. But what if she's just like her sis? Swinging her axe, hope she misses. <laughs> Mackenzie. Oh, that's good. I'm stuck. <laughs> Nice. Really good. I like that. I like the Miss Is McKenzie. <laughs> I, I oh. see how off mine was. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of missed the uh, missed the ball there. I think that could be good. I think that could be the best yeah. one. Yeah. Oh no, I I like that. The Miss Is McKenzie. McKenzie. Oh, that's good. I like that. Mm. 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 God, there needs to be more slam poetry in Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> Forget this podcast. We're so yeah. slam poeters. Poets. Very important. Poets. Poeters. <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> oh God. Who wish to be a famous poet? Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, fuck it up. Oh shit. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, okay, on to my one then, I suppose. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. She played her part. She knew from the start. We missed her, but Harry had held all the cards. Harry, quite contrary. When that ex missed my head, she lost some money. But I'm still in pain. My wife is insane. Now I've got a scram, get the plane to San Fran. Hey Jane, get me off this crazy thing called insurance fraud. (laughs) 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 I don't know what the worst one was. (laughs) Hey, it's all about commitment. (laughs) So, to clarify, my idea is that she knew more than she was letting on mm-hmm. throughout, right. and uh, Harriet was actually involved and was manipulating her obsessive sister right. into murdering for her. And whenever Mike Myers finds out that Harriet isn't the murderer, or that is maybe the murderer, uh-huh. she's going to you know let her sister come in and kill her. Mm-hmm. She maybe gives her the keys into the room. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then whenever things start to go haywire, she has to re just has to kind of change her stance and make it look like she had nothing to do with exactly. it. You know, you know that just makes so much sense for the sequel. Like yeah. I, I feel like like that's exactly what they would do mm-hmm. if, if, if there were a sequel. If there were a sequel, so I really did marry an axe murderer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or so I married so an axe colluder. Really, yeah. Or an <laughs> axe colluder? So I married axe rolls a, off the tongue. <laughs> so I married an axe colluder. Or something like that. <laughs> or a honey trap, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I married a honey trap. So I really married an axe murderer. Yeah. I think. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, one of these one of those things, uh just no, I don't know. It, it might have made it might have been interesting. It would have been a Netflix Netflix series. Absolutely. If nothing else. Yeah. 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 But I mean that is very plausible. I mean, how did she get into the room? Mm-hmm. I know. You know, yeah. And there's no way she didn't know her sister was a murderer. Come on. After all these times as well. Three times. Not mentioning it, you know. The thing about the thing about your slam poetry it about the Russian sense. one, it no, it made perfect sense. But they could also do another two movies. Yeah, for every husband. every husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A movie for every husband. I didn't clarify that, but that's from his perspective yeah. mm-hmm. before he gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Like and the fractures. Imagine, like, <laughs> imagine sequels where it was a new character every time, but the murderer was uh-huh. always the same person. So it was like Dexter, but with the murderer being 
like yeah. in the background. Like there was always yeah. a recurring character, but they were never the main one. Yeah, and they, they would just they would just catch glimpses and think, oh yeah. What, so what in this one you have Mike Myers as the main character, but yeah. the one before you have uh, who's Russian and famous, the guy from the guy from Rocky Four. <laughs> Oh, I don't think he's even Dolph Russian. Lundgren. He's <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's Swedish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, he's got form. <laughs> True. True. Uh, right, okay, let's move on. <laughs> move on to the end. Final verdicts. Did the public get it right? This is yeah. a good movie. I think it's a cult classic, in my Absolutely. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Misunderstood. A few yep. issues, but mm-hmm. enough to get it by, especially at the start. Got fairly mm-hmm. unlucky with how it was when it was released. I mean, yeah. Jurassic Park, you're just not going to be Yeah, young. that's it, game yeah. over. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of movies that have uh, the issue that they were released at the same time as classics. Yeah, yeah. And the two competitive really mm-hmm. William Friedkin and Sorcerer, an example that came mm-hmm. out at the same time as Star Wars mm-hmm. in 1977. And mm-hmm. never, never again. Yeah. And the, the humour with Stuart McKenzie, his dad. Mm-hmm. Stuart McKenzie. Yeah, that's bloody. That's ahead of its time. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It could be its own film. Mm-hmm. Worth awesome. a watch. Okay. All right. Yeah. Here ends another episode of The Bomb Shelter. My favourite one yet, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely my favourite movie, anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh So that always precedes it. Bye. Bye. Bye.